0: Chapter 3 of Homecraft Rugs Their Historic Background, Romance of Stitchery and Method of Making by Lydia LeBaron Walker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Equipments and Classifications Handicraft rugs derive their names either from the technique of their construction or the mediums from which they are made. In this they differ radically from oriental rugs, which are extremely difficult to classify because their names may come from any one of a dozen or more sources, such as the tribe by which they were made, the country where they were made, the port from which they were shipped, etc. All are mystifying to the uninitiate and often baffling to the expert. The handicraft rug is given immediate recognition as soon as its name is known. It can be pigeonholed, according to this, with a refreshing definiteness. The craft, the medium, or the design motif, however combined in rug patterns, is the criterion for cataloging. The tool and equipment, whatever the kind, is simple and, in some instances, even primitive. For example, the knitting needles may be smoothly polished round sticks of wood or bone as they were originally. The crochet needle may be similarly fashioned except that it has a hook shape at one end. The other end may be tipped with a ball or acorn-shaped ornament. Such a tip has a definite usefulness for, in some forms of crocheting, in which Stitches are all cast off, and on the needle in alternate rows, it holds them on the needle, however crowded it may get. It is seldom today that a rug hook is a hand-wrought nail, or the tine of a two-pronged fork bent to form a hook after the other tine has been filed off, as in olden times. Its shape is the same, however— The sewing needle is a replica of the ancient thorn or fishbone used for taking stitches, only it has the improvement of an eye in the blunt end instead of a groove for holding the thread. A rug frame may be merely four sticks of well-planed wood clamped at the corners to make it the desired size and shape. The loom for the hand-woven rug may be similar except that it has the top and bottom stretchers marked off with the indentations to hold the warp threads equally distant. This resembles the primitive looms, and no more intricate weaving than can be done on such a loom is included in the accounts given in the following pages. It is on the primitive looms that the finest rugs in the world are woven. With whatever tool or equipment, handmade rugs are fashioned, they all belong to one of two groups according to their surface structure. If made of short, upstanding threads, a pile rug results. If the rug has a flat surface, it is a non-pile or smooth face rug. If made by a power loom, the carpet is said to be of the ingrain type. Handicraft flat weave rugs have wide diversity. They may be of the tapestry order, tapis ras, of the fabric rug type such as quilted rugs or be embroidered, knitted, crocheted, needle woven, etc. The pile, tapis moquette rugs, may have a loop pile, boucle, or a cut pile, veloute, finish. Oriental rugs, apart from the early loop-made carpets, have a cut pile. In handicraft rugs, loops are frequently left uncut, as instanced particularly in unsheared, hooked rugs. In Europe, some of the Italian and Spanish rugs are boucle. And in power loom carpets, those known as Brussels have the loop pile. In this connection, it is of interest to note what Sir George Birdwood said in his comprehensive volume, The Industrial Arts of India, relative to the origin of pile rugs. Quote, As velvet, mahmal, probably originated in Central Asia and certainly felt, I think it very likely, that it was there that the Turkish tribes first developed the art of sewing tufts of wool on strings of the warp of the carpets they learned to make from the Persians, and that the manufacture of these pile carpets was thus introduced by the Saracens into Europe from Turkestan through Persia. The Turks were driven to this invention by the greater coldness of their climate." Unquote. It is quite possible that one reason for the popularity of hooked rugs in the New World was that they gave more warmth than floor coverings minus a pile. Winters were severe in the parts of America first settled. With the exception of braided and stencil rugs, or those ornamented with a brush, all types of rugs— whether made with an ordinary needle, a crochet needle, knitting needles, a rug hook or punch, or on a loom, can be developed to have a pile surface. All of these, with the sole exception of the hooked or punch hooked rug, may also be developed in flat weave. The surface finish depends on the particular kind of rug constructed, Each type of rug will be definitely described under its more specific classification. In the rugs made with the ordinary sewing needle, that is, the embroidered rugs, there is a wide range of pile stitchery. Chief among these, the Smyrna stitch, also called the double knotted stitch, is excellent. It closely resembles the double Maltese stitch, so much used on the island of Malta in connection with interior decoration. This stitch is associated more with furniture needlework than floor coverings, while Smyrna stitch pertains to carpets. This stitch derives its name from Smyrna rugs of the Occident, a term once applied in a generic way to Oriental rugs because they were shipped from Smyrna. This city is a great shipping port for rugs, though not a great weaving center. Needlecraft Smyrna rugs are exquisite pieces of embroidery made with a large and rapidly worked stitch. There is also the single knotted stitch and the single Maltese stitch. Plush stitch is an excellent pile embroidery stitch for rugs. Tassel stitch is not quite so good. Both of these are stitches used in what was known at one time as Berlin work. Single and double knotted stitch, Smyrna, are tapestry stitches, while the Maltese stitches belong to a group known as linen stitches because they are so generally employed on linen. All are counted thread stitches similar to canvas stitches and adaptable to rug craft. It was in warmer climes that the non pile carpets had their origin, which is directly traceable to embroideries of the remote past. It is manifest that carpets first served as hangings; it was their use as floor coverings for special church ceremonials that brought about a transformation, or rather a twofold use, for the textiles. As these were ornamented with hand stitchery, the embroidered rugs have precedent above all other textile floor coverings in respect to their antiquity. Blenet, in referring to carpets, says, quote, the Gauls embroider them in a different manner from that practiced by the Parthians, unquote. The earliest known Egyptian carpet, which is, I believe, the first example of a carpet that has yet come to light in any country, is a curiously wrought textile, the embroidery being done directly on the warp threads. These facts lend a definite fascination to the work of embroidering rugs today, which has returned to vogue in old and new guises to tempt the needleworker who elects to make rugs of flat surface rather than pile carpets. Apart from the classification of handmade rugs according to their surface finishes, there are five other divisions into which they naturally are grouped according to their textile qualities. These are as follows. 1. Newly constructed textiles. To this group belong all rugs in which the entire fabric is made, whatever the medium, and with whatever tool or equipment. Examples? braided, crocheted, needlewoven, etc. 2. Superimposed textiles. To this group belong all rugs in which a surface of another medium or a like one is superimposed on a foundation that is completely concealed thereby. Examples, hooked, mosaic, button, dollar, spool, tufted, etc. 3. Reconstructed and Newly Patterned Textiles To this group belong all rugs in which a material or a series of pieces of material joined together forms a foundation that is embellished with or without concealing the background. The decoration may be of other goods cut into ornamental motifs and appliqued onto the rug foundation, or it may consist of stitchery or stencil examples piecework, applique, embroidered, etc. 4. Quilted textiles. To this group belong all rugs ornamented with indented stitchery, whether this alone transforms the textile or whether it is combined with applique or embroidery, for it is the quilting that binds two or more materials together to supply sufficient body for a floor covering. 5. Replica textiles. To this group belong all rugs that are made to reproduce characteristics of floor coverings of tribes, nations, etc., so accurately that they merit the classification of replicas. Examples? Shamaka and other oriental replicas. Navajo, etc. Still another classification is according to cost of making. This will be considered later. It will be noticed that in many instances the same rug belongs in more than one group. For example, a crocheted rug may be made with or without a pile. An embroidered rug may be a replica. A jute rug may be a hooked rug, etc., etc., There must necessarily be this overlapping, yet fortunately it does not deter each rug from being immediately recognizable. The name remains descriptive. End of chapter three.